From thezebrablog.com, welcome to Before and After, the Furniture Refinishing Podcast. I'm Lane Ball. I enjoy what everyone else kind of hates, and that's the unknown. Um, Getting into a piece and not knowing if it's going to bleed or like the piece I did for the Zebra Diaries, if it's going to chip, if the hardware you picked out is really going to work, because it changes so much as you go through the piece, you may have had a vision in your head of what you wanted or how it's going to look and a lot of times it changes through the process based on what you get into it's sort of pandora's box and i like that it's kind of a challenge today on the zebra blogs furniture finishing podcast we're talking with the artist of the winning pieces of the zebra diaries july 2019 chippy goodness theme contest the entries were great choosing three winners was a challenge i'm sure as always thank you to all six members of the furniture diaries we partnered with to host these monthly contests. We also want to thank Shacto Interiors Milk Paint and D. Lawless Hardware for partnering with us for the July giveaways. We're excited that you get to hear from our winners today. All three winning pieces will be displayed on the zebrablog.com's podcast page and the Zebra Diaries page, which is also on our zebrablog.com. There you can see the judges and enjoy the gallery of winners for each month. Well, it's a lot of fun when we get to gather all three winners of each month's Zebra Diaries contest to learn a little more about them and discuss their winning furniture pieces. Today, we are featuring three accomplished furniture finishers that are the winners of our July theme contest of Chippy Goodness. We're excited to have Anne Michelle of Amini Design Ashburn, Sarah of Sitting Pretty Home Decor, and Jen of Perfectly Imperfect Furniture. Congratulations to all three of you and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Lane. Thank you. Well, most of you know, I always like to announce where our guests live, and I'm always curious about the weather where you live. So we'll start with Anne Michelle. Hi, Lane, and hi, everybody there. I am located in Northern Virginia in a suburb right out of Washington, D.C., and the weather here is probably much like the rest of the South. Um, It's very hot, and I think humidity is probably around 100%. Mm. Yes, it's it's like this for most of the summer, and we don't really see cooler temperatures until the end of October. Yeah, so if you're if you're doing any painting outside or in a garage that didn't have air conditioning, it probably takes a while to dry with this high humidity, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. It extends dry time dramatically. Well, how about you, Sarah? I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, and it's exactly the same. And I try not to go outdoors, so I can't tell you exactly how hot it is today but uh, <laughs> same this swamp weather hey jen are you going to be able to deviate a little bit from the weather forecast where are you from and what's the weather like where you're at oh yes i am in manitowoc wisconsin so we live right Ooh. on lake michigan right on the lake shore summer and fall are absolutely amazing here just just beautiful that's all i can say but again winter's completely different. Well, I think we all enjoy summer, uh, seeing the sunshine and warmer temperatures. It was a difficult winter for many, so we'll, we'll just continue to extend the summer as long as we can. Are you guys finish, refinishing today? Is everybody refinishing today? Yes. Uh, yes, I'm working. Yep. Yep, me too. I just want to get uh, a little bit of feedback on this. When we talk about refinishing, I'm always curious to find out, and I know our listeners enjoy this as well, as what excites you the most about refinishing? And Michelle, would you would you start with that question? Sure. Um, well, I think it all starts when you select the piece that you're going to refinish. Um, and for me, at least, the majority of the excitement comes in when I 
imagine what the after could be. So mm. I think a lot of the time, you know, you see a piece and you're like, you know, that will look great in this color or with this pattern. And then just using your creativity and your imagination just to get the colors you want on there. Perfect accessories, for example, the hardware, it really makes a ton of difference. So I think for me, the most joy is definitely the after, just seeing how far a piece has come. For sure. What about you, Sarah? Mine's kind of odd because I enjoy what everyone else kind of hates, and that's the unknown. Um, Getting into a piece and not knowing if it's going to bleed or like the piece I did for the Zebra Diaries, if it's going to chip, if the hardware you picked out is really going to work, because it changes so much as you go through the piece. You may have had a vision in your head of what you wanted or how it was going to look, and a lot of times it changes through the process based on what you get into. It's sort of Pandora's box, and I like that. It's kind of a challenge. Yeah, so you're you're thrilled by those challenges. Yes, I love bleeding. I love tan and bleeding. (laughs) Well, that's that's the positive side of it. That's good that you look at it that way. What about you, Jen? What excites me the most is um, the dramatics of it, I guess. I love mm. seeing um, seeing the beauty in something that other people may not see. So that's a comment that I get a lot, um, either via my Facebook page or Instagram, is that, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you saw that piece and bought it and mm. refinished it and now it looks like this. So I think I love taking something that someone else would see as not beautiful, not useful, um, outdated and making it into something that now you want in your home. So I, that mm-hmm. that makes me excited. Yeah. And that, that, that probably gets you eager to start the next piece, doesn't it? Exactly. Well, that's uh, great feedback from you guys. We enjoyed uh, hearing that. So let's let's dive into the discussion of the winning pieces. And we're going to start with our third place winner, Anne Michelle. This is a beautiful piece. We actually featured it as one of our Zebra Weekly, weekly picks. So it was fun seeing it as a winning piece in the contest. It looks like, Anne Michelle, that the project did involve a lot of layering, whether it was paint or waxes. Am I correct on that assumption? Oh, um, yes, and I'm so thrilled that it was picked for the Zebra Weekly pick, and then for this, it's just, it's awesome. Um, but yes, actually, this was the first time that I had used milk paint, um, and I used Kristen from Chateau Interiors, her milk paint on this piece, and I remember her speaking about milk paint and how each time you mix a batch, um, the pigment can be a little bit different um, mm-hmm. for each layer because of, I guess, just the type of uh, materials and you know however it's made I, I don't know mm-hmm. but that each uh, each time you put it on it could leave a little bit of a different variation in color and I really loved that um, for this piece and that was sort of the idea behind it um, but I did use different um, a dark wax to highlight the moldings in the middle mm-hmm. just sort of to bring a little bit of like dramatic attention to that area um, but the rest of it I just used I think it's it's like a product, the salve, and it has hemp oil in it. Mm-hmm. So it really just um, deepens the color a lot. And so that that piece, it looks layered, but it's really not. It's just, it's the milk paint, and then it is the dark wax in the middle just to highlight, and then it is the, um, the salve to finish it off. It's also unique, and I don't know if this, sometimes things just happen, uh, or you, a lot of times things are planned as well, but how the top drawer and the bottom drawer 
uh, are a little bit lighter than the middle drawer. So it just has a nice balance to it the way that uh, turned out. Did you plan that or was that just kind of how it unfolded? Thank you. Well, and that, I think that goes back to um, the variation in color that I think milk paint just has a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So I think I just really got lucky with the, the different way that it ended up because it does sort of look like you did more work than you did. <laughs> so, and usually that doesn't happen. But this, in this case, it did. Yeah, that's nice when it does. So, so tell us a bit about this piece, the background of it. Um, how did you acquire this piece and any interesting stories and or, or elements about the process, you know, even the prep work? Or was there a lot of work that you had to do to restore it uh, structurally? Unfortunately, yes. So this was a first for us because we purchased this unseen. So it was from an online auction and we had never participated in that before. So from the pictures, a lot of the time you you sort of get an idea of what you're going to be getting. But, you know, once you go and pick it up and you get it home, it's completely different. So when we got it home, I thought one of the side panels looked a little bit funny because the finish wasn't the same as the other one. And I realized that they had just put a wood colored piece of like wallpaper on the side to cover mm. a huge hole. So we had to repair that. So that was a big, a big fix that we had to do. And this piece is over 100 years old. So I expected a little bit of fixing that would have to be done. But, you know, when you when you get a piece and then you find out, you know, the side is wallpaper, it's a little bit different than what you expect. <laughs> um, so yeah. we did. We did have to do a lot of fixing on this piece to get it um, structurally sound and ready for another, you know, century of use. It, it was a great piece. The rest of the wood was beautiful. It's like a really dark wood. And I think that is what really led me to use this color on it because I wanted to keep a lot of the tone that it originally had. Now, you may have said this earlier. What color, you said it was Chacteau and Tears. What color specifically did you use on this? This is called Magnolia Pure. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful color. What was the hardest part? I assume, I w I'm making an assumption here that it was probably the, the structural work that you had to do on it for refinishing it. Absolutely, yes. And a lot of these older pieces... They're so well made. Um, so I think we got lucky. The joints, they're really in great condition. But that big hole in the side, I think for us, was was a big one. And the top, it had some a little bit of cracking in places. So just mm -hmm. making sure that was all sanded out nicely and filled and was able to accept the stain that we chose. I think it all worked out in the end, but it was definitely a process. Now, the hardware, obviously, as others have come in and really set this piece off as well, uh, I assume that is new hardware. And how did you go about choosing these? Uh, I guess they're called these teardrop hardware pieces. Yes, and these were amazing because they were just released um, from D. Lawless Hardware. And I had happened to spot a post that he made, you know, because these, I think these were a long time in the making. And then the first day they were released, I ordered a bunch and I got them the day that I finished this dresser. And I said, you know what, this will be perfect. So they just worked out great because a lot of times with the drop pulls, the length for the top drawer is different than the rest mm -hmm. of the drawers because sometimes the top drawer is narrower. But for this one, it really worked out well because it hits just in the right place. So I feel like these drop pulls were the perfect choice for this piece. Now, is this piece for sale or have you already sold it? Uh, it is available. Great. Well, 
hopefully there'll be some listeners out there that um, will tap into the uh, availability of this piece and contact you. It was a really nice job, Anne Michelle. Share with our listeners your Instagram account. Thank you, Lane. My Instagram is Amini Design Ashburn. It's A M I N I D E S I G N A S H B U R N. Well, our second place winning piece is by Sarah with Sitting Pretty Home Decor. Before she shares about her piece, I just want to add that if you remember, Sarah was our third place winner back in March for our spring theme of green. So just because you have won before does not mean you can't win again. And Sarah is evidence of that. So all those of you who have won in the past, keep uh, keep entering the, the Zebra Diaries. There's always an opportunity to win again. Congratulations, Sarah, again. Tell us about your milk painted dresser. Thank you so much. I was I was so honored to be picked again. You know, when I entered the piece, I was like, oh, I probably don't maybe have a chance because I've won before, but I was pleasantly surprised. Um, so this dresser uh, I painted with Shack to Interiors milk paint in sea glass, and I actually had a piece in mind for the Zebra Diaries, and I drug it out of my garage. I've had it for about two years. <laughs> And it needed a whole lot of repair. It actually had to be sent off to my father-in-law. So I knew I wanted to enter a piece. So I started stalking Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace, looking for something um, that I thought would go well with the sea glass. And I found this dresser and I packed up all five of my kiddos and we went and got it. And the lady said that she had uh, refinished it about 30 years ago for her son. Mm. And she did a really good job. Um, I kind of, it was one of those pieces that sort of felt sad to paint it. Uh, but I brought it home and my two older boys carried it in and, um, put it downstairs for me. And the top of it was really, really slick. So, um, you kind of come to a crossroads with milk paint where it's like, okay, if I prep it too much, then I'm not going to get any chipping. But if I don't prep it enough, it's all going to fall off. So it's, you know, you kind of have to decide how you're mm-hmm. going to prep it. So I cleaned it. It was in really good condition, um, but I did give it a, a top a good scuffing because it was, it was like glass. Um, and the color I thought was perfect to complement the sea glass. I was hoping to get a good amount of chipping to bring that wood tone through. I got one coat on, and I was like just sit, literally sitting there watching it dry. Like, Come on, chip. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, it wasn't chipping. So I did another coat, and... I came back downstairs and I was watching it and I was like, oh, I don't think it's going to chip. So I went and got my hair dryer and I'm drying it, drying it, nothing. And all of a sudden one piece like came flying off at me. (laughs) I literally screamed up the basement steps. I'm like, it's chipping. (laughs) And when you have five kids, you can't yell like that in your house because it means something wrong. My husband came running and he's like, what, what, what? I'm like, the dresser is chipping. I'm so excited. <laughs> so it got a good amount of chipping and I think in all the right places. And uh, then I used temp oil and some real fine grit sandpaper to seal it up and smooth it out. You said you put down a two coats before you started, before you took the hair dryer to it to see the chipping? Yeah, I think sometimes with milk paint, if you go... If you have really, really thin coats, um, it doesn't chip as well. Mm. So the second coat, I went a little heavy. Um, and sometimes, like, in those heavier spots, it'll help promote the chipping. Yeah. I learned lots of tips from the uh, the podcast that the girls did. 
Oh, good. That's that's excellent to hear. Well, that certainly makes sense. You know, um, viscosity of, of milk paint is, is pretty uh, thin. And um, so it certainly makes sense to go on a little bit thick or do a second coat that is thicker to, to try to achieve that. Did you get any um, crackling uh, in places or was it just, you know, solid uh, to chipping? It was mostly just chipping. Um, it's uh, That's what's so fascinating to me about milk paint. Like I had just done a table the week before and it had chipping, but also had tons and tons of the, the crackling and crazing. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't think anybody really knows what brings that on and what doesn't, but I really didn't get any of that on the dresser. And then um, I do want to go back to a comment you said earlier. You were talking about the top almost the being like glass. It was so smooth and slick. And you said you, you I think the word you used was scuffing. You kind of scuffed it up. Did you use like um, a sanding block? How, what did you do uh, to actually get it so it would it, it adhere to the top, the, the milk paint? I just used a uh, 220 grit sanding sponge and just you know, nothing too aggressive. Just wiped mm-hmm. it down, you know, like you would if you were cleaning it just to give it a little bit of tooth. And I actually didn't get any chipping on the top. Okay. Were you wanting chipping up there? It didn't really matter at that point. Yeah, it didn't really matter. I really wanted it on the front because I feel like that's sort mm-hmm. of the showcase anyways. Tell us about the the um, the hardware on this piece. Oh, the hardware has a fun story too. It involves all five of my children because apparently, <laughs> apparently I like to take adventures with them. Uh, <laughs> it's hard going out with all of them. The youngest is only seven weeks. So I packed all of them up and let's go find hardware. Um, usually... If I need something quickly, I'll go to Hobby Lobby. And they didn't, I, I had a vision in my head. I wanted like a flat white knob. So didn't find anything at Hobby Lobby. We went to Home Depot. Couldn't find anything there. We waited for about 30 minutes for somebody to dig through the stock room. <laughs> so then our last stop was, was, was Lowe's, and that's where I found these. But they're just like flat. They're kind of a little modern. Um, and I like pairing modern with like, rustic and farmhouse that's kind of my style um and they have like a soft gold base to them but it was a very long stressful adventure for those hardware it, now is this piece sold or is it still available it's still available it's apparently when you win something it makes them sit <laughs> well it's it's uh there's a lot of opportunity here for for folks to to actually have a winning piece from the uh, zebra diaries contest i do want to say it's it, one of the things i think about this piece that's really unique is that it has a, and i think it's a combination of the color the chipping that took place and the knobs it has uh sort of an old schoolhouse look to it which is uh really unique and i would assume would look great in a lot of um farmhouse style homes yeah and i actually put um some paper in the drawers that looks like old newsprint. I've had it for months and I thought, oh, this will pair well with this. It's interesting, isn't it? When you think about the color, the hardware, anything that you do inside of the drawers, whether you stain it, whether you paint it, do a combination of those. There's so many decisions involved in furniture finishing, and uh, you all have just done a tremendous job of that. Nice job, Sarah. Share your Instagram account so listeners can make sure they follow you as well. It is Sitting Pretty Home Decor. Well, our first place winning piece is by Jen with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture. Congratulations, Jen. Your piece is a tall boy dresser. Uh, We featured this dresser in our zebra drama hashtag a few weeks ago. The before shot shows the dramatic transformation. It's interesting to see the before because it was so 
really regular, you know, when you look at the before. So nothing really unique about it, but what you did with it was to give it a uniqueness and now it is a desirable piece. So tell us about this piece, Jen. Sure. Thank you so much. That makes me just smile from ear to ear when I hear that other people (laughs) see what I see. This is why I love what I do. Um, Because you take a piece that's just very ordinary or plain, you know, nothing really special about it at all and are able to transform it into something that's a one of a kind, um, unique statement piece. Um, so that's mm-hmm. what I was able to do with this one. It, w- what drew me to it in the first place was the, the size and shape of it. Mm-hmm. It was nice and tall, but also I called it skinny. So it, the depth was, gosh, like, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but it, it was, it was tall and skinny. Um, and then it mm-hmm. had six, six drawers that were a good size, but, um, also kind of on the petite size or petite side. So I just, mm-hmm. I thought the size was unique. I like the size. I like the shape. So I picked it up. I found it. This one was on Facebook marketplace, you know, just messaged to see if it was still available. She said it was set up a time to, to go pick it up. And it, it, her house was literally less than a mile from mine. So that was nice and convenient, but I got there and the house itself was for sale. And I went up to the door and it was, no one was there. So I'm like, maybe I'm in the wrong place. Went back to my truck and messaged her again. And I said, I'm here. Am I at the wrong house? And we went back and forth messaging long story short she was um her car broke down she was on her way to meet me her car broke down then she something else happened she had a flat tire and it was just a kind of an ordeal for her to get there to meet me for this piece but um we worked it out i came back like an hour later um luckily i brought my husband with me that time because it was way upstairs in this old a beautiful old house but um mm-hmm. the staircase was windy and so I'm, I'm kind of glad it ended up working out that way because when i came back my husband was able to come with me and we we got it home and then <laughs> just kind of went from there now when you saw the piece even at facebook marketplace when you saw the, the picture of the piece did you have an idea what you wanted to do with it then at what point did you did the did the light bulb come on as far as exactly what to do with it um, I, I don't know if I knew right away when I saw it, but when I got it home, I, what I really want, I really did want, I wanted a really chippy, chippy, chippy piece. Um, I've done mm-hmm. a few pieces in the last, I don't know, few months in the same color, which is, um, old barn living milk paint and the color is silhouette. And, um, I've done a few pieces recently that are like my favorite pieces ever that are really highly chipped. And so I decided that I wanted that same look for this one. So I was really hoping to get a ton of chipping. And of course, whenever you wish for something, (laughs) it almost the opposite happens. So I got one coat of paint on and almost no chipping at all, little tiny bit on the side. So then I thought, well, since I'm not getting that natural chipping, I'm just going to go ahead and distress it. So I took my sandpaper to it, I believe, like, I think I used 220 grit and kind of went over one of the drawers. And when I did, it was, it was just not the look that I wanted. The wood, the wood that was coming through 
almost looked reddish in color to me. And um, I think Sarah, even her and I talked about it a little bit, had a good word for it. Like when it, when that redness came through under this black paint, um, it almost had that primitive look. And there's nothing wrong with mm -hmm. that. It's just not the look I was hoping for um, with this piece. Mm -hmm. So then um, did this piece on my Instagram stories. You know, I kind of shared it and shared the process with my followers. So that was fun. So when I showed it on my stories um, and kind of was explaining what I was going for and what I wasn't getting and whatever, um, Crystal, who is the owner of old barn living milk paint watched my stories mm -hmm. and messaged me right away and just said hey jen have you ever tried wet distressing and you know she said it's it will look beautiful on this piece and you know that was a light bulb moment for me because mm -hmm. i had done wet distressing before but didn't really think about it with this piece or with this paint um so i kind of did another coat of paint um on the one drawer that I distressed and then went back and did the wet distressing, which, you know, for those of you who may not know, you just kind of take a damp cloth and rub it along the edges or maybe the, the higher parts or wherever you want to get that distressed look. And it kind of just wipes the paint off. And it, mm. I, I loved the way that that, I love the way that that looked more than the, the sandpaper distressing it just looked a little bit more natural to me. Um, mm -hmm. So that's how I, that's how I achieved that look and just kind of did, did the drawers first and then did the sides. And I just love the way it turned out. Now the wet distressing, did you do that? Um, did you have to wait until the paint was fully dry? Is there a point at, uh, that, that is more effective to do it at a certain time during the process? Well, when I did it, the paint was fully dry. I, I'm sure you can probably do it when the paint is still dry, drying. Um, but mm -hmm. when my piece, it was completely dry. I think if the paint is too wet, it's, it's, you're not going to get the same look. It'll just kind of wipe. Then that's more of mm -hmm. a, you know, that would give it more of a wash look versus the distressed look. So I do think that you want to wait until it's almost dry or dry to do it. Well, it's just, I guess, with a lot of paints, and especially the milk paint, there's just a lot of experimenting that goes on to, to you get the look that you're after. Now, with respect to the hardware on this, uh, it, it certainly is, um, this is true for all three winning pieces, but it's it's so cool to see the, the, the work that goes into the piece itself, you know, the structural integrity, repairs, that sort of thing, and then um, the sanding, then the painting, but the hardware always, I suppose even a hardware could probably ruin a piece, but the hardware always sets a piece off. And I have to ask you, you use those teardrop hardware pieces at the on the very top drawer, and then the rest of the knobs are just basic round knobs. I, um, tell us a little bit about the, the decision you made. Did, was there a lot of ex experimentation going with that as to trying to figure out which knobs work best? Uh, yes, absolutely. So that was another kind of thing that I did on my Instagram stories. Once I had the the black paint and the distressing, I just knew that I wanted hardware that was going to pop. So I had a wide variety of white hardware. I just have a stockpile of hardware. And <laughs> I just kind of played around with, you know, 
setting the, the knobs on the drawers, kind of put up an Instagram poll on my stories, you know, which one do you guys like best? What suggestions do you have? I got a ton of feedback from the people who viewed it. And I think that's so fun because then they get to be part of the process too. Mm -hmm. And I mean, people had great ideas. I, I think it was one of my um, followers who said, use the, the teardrops on the top drawer and then different on the bottom. And I'm like, genius. Yes, I'm good. That's perfect. So mm -hmm. the two teardrop knobs on the top drawer, um, they're from Kristen at Shacto Interiors. And I've had those for a while. I ordered them a while ago and I wanted to order you know, 10 or 12 of them. But at the time she only had four, I think it was four or six in stock. So I bought whatever she had, but for this piece, there's, I needed 12 knobs. So it almost kind of worked out perfectly that, um, you know, I just used the two of the ones that I had and then the rest are kind of just little petite um, round knobs that, that coordinated perfectly with the teardrop ones. So I, mm. I just love the way it ended up looking. Yeah, it, it really does look great. Now, is this piece um, available or, or have you already sold this piece? That piece sold right away. So probably within a couple hours of me posting it on my Facebook page. So that was awesome. I love that one. I love when that happens. <laughs> and what I'm, what I'm really excited about, um, about the home that this is going to is it's actually going in a nursery. So mm. I think that's so cool. I love it when people um, kind of look outside of the box with furniture pieces like you know, it was a grandma who was buying it for her daughter who was having a little boy and kind of helping her decorate the nursery. And as soon as she said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, how perfect. These these petite little drawers are perfect for little clothes and diapers and bath supplies. But I love it when people think outside of the box with furniture. You know, when you look at that, you might not instantly think, oh, wow, a little baby boy's nursery. But then when you start to kind of spin that around in your head, it's like, that's great. And then when he grows up, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's still a color and a style that's, um, that's going to work. It's not baby blue or, you know, Thomas the train or something like that. It's, I love being able to give an old piece, a new life that's going to live on and live on and live on. That, that is exciting. That's a neat element of this particular business. Well, I also like how you, um, and I know some, I know, I think all, all three of you do this, but, uh, you mentioned on this piece sharing the process and so i hope um uh listeners if you're not already following uh, all three of these uh, tremendous artists furniture finishers that you'll do so. so so jen if you would share your instagram account as well okay so mine is perfectly imperfect furniture res r-e-s and that's just because my real name, I guess, is Perfectly Imperfect Furniture Restoration. And that's how you'll find me on Facebook. But on Instagram, it's just Perfectly Imperfect Furniture Res, R-E-S. Gotcha. Well, a big thank you to all three of you for taking the time to share about the work you put into making all three of these pieces stunning. Uh, I believe we accomplished one of our purpose for this podcast, and that is to inspire. I hope each of you have a great day today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this. It was fun. Listening friends, if you enjoy listening to the zebrablog.com's before and after furniture finishing podcast, may we ask you to consider writing a review on the directory that you listen to? These reviews are a big help to growing the podcast and encouraging others to listen as well. 
In fact, if you do write a review, simply screenshot the review and send it to lane at enjoyzebra.com. Make sure you spell zebra with an I. So it's lane at enjoyzebra.com and you'll be entered into a weekly giveaway just for those that have submitted a review that week. Don't forget August 2019 theme is stenciling. Show us your furniture with any sort of stenciling on it. Our prize sponsors this month, along with our zebra paintbrushes, is Fusion Mineral Paint and D. Lawless Hardware. We look forward to seeing each of your entries. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on the zebrablog.com, along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at thezebrablog.com. That's the zebra with an I.com. Thanks for listening and happy refinishing.